Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. sound of rock cracking and wow did we ever hear some rock cracking in washington dc last week when it comes to a general flynn and who was unmasking general flynn and i tell you what you have come to the right place right here on doc holiday's rock splitting politics because i'm your host dr ed holiday and you're listening to us right here on web talkradio.net and today's guest will get her on the line in just a couple minutes is kelly sadler She's the communications director at America First Action right now, but she was formerly the special assistant to President Donald J. Trump. She served a couple years in the White House and all the early happenings in the White House, and we're going to ask her about that. And uh, General Flynn and the unmasking, what is going on, what she knows. And so uh, before we get her on, I just want to remind you, we had a show last week, if you didn't hear it, with some exclusive clip that Doc Holliday only has of some words that uh, General Flynn said at the Republican National Convention. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to our show with General Flynn last week. And not only do we have Kelly Sadler coming on a second after show, we're going to get caught up to date on what we need to know about the coronavirus from microbiologist Dr. Dean Hart. So, wow, we got to pack it in today. Thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and here we go. We're going to get Kelly Sadler on the line right now. Kelly, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for having me on. Well, the name of our show is Rock Splitting Politics, and we've been around about 10 years, but we have seen more rock splitting in the world of politics in just the past few days than uh, I, I can imagine. Ever since Trump became president, there's been all kind of rock splitting politics. But last week, we got the bombshell of uh, unclassified information about uh, the unmasking of uh, General Flynn. And this whole case is just stinking to high heaven for anybody who seeks the truth. But what can you tell us about General Flynn and 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 what is going on right now? <clears throat> Sorry, um, it looks like a General Flynn was set up. And uh, he was entrapped by the Obama uh, White House, the Obama administration. Um, uh, FBI agents under Comey came into his office and, uh, and were directed to, to, to set him up. Uh, the bottom line is that the DOJ has dropped the case which is a testament to A.G. Barr in seeing through kind of this hoax and the sham of an investigation. Um, the Judge Sullivan right now wants to keep the case open, which is just unconstitutional, because if the DOJ is not going to prosecute the case, if there's no prosecution, how can there even be um, a case to begin with? And Kelly, so we're going to see yeah. more from that judge, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you. What you know if any inside Washington scoop, because Judge Sullivan— 
evidently either he's forcing Trump's hand to pardon uh, Flynn so there can be a political issue for the Democrats, or either he wants to drag this thing out past the election. And I, I don't know. I mean, what what's what's the reasoning that you hear that Judge Sullivan would do something like this? Well, I mean, I think he's a remnant of the resistance, and he has Trump derangement syndrome, and he's going. Uh, he, he, what he's doing right now is unconstitutional, and so he it will be struck down uh, by the DOJ. Uh, this there might be a suit against him and what he is doing, um, but the Flynn case has been dismissed, and Flynn uh, has been exonerated, and uh, justice was achieved. Now we need uh, to get to the bottom of, of why there was a case against Flynn at all and start talking about, you know, in March 2016, why the Obama administration uh, started tracking and spying on Trump campaign officials, why the FBI took the Steele dossier, which has been debunked and was paid for by the DNC. It was, just, you know, it was oppo research and, and built this whole Russia collusion narrative, which followed the president, unfortunately, for the last three years until the Mueller investigation eventually found him, uh, found it to be nothing but a, a, a hoax of an investigation. And, Kelly, as you're saying that, and, and I can tell you, my listeners, we've talked about it, and they, they know exactly what's going on. But for over half of America, or anybody that listens to mainstream media for the last three years, their minds have been poisoned. There's some of them that still believe that Donald Trump is a Russian agent because that's what they've been told for three years. Yeah. And and the mainstream media is not even reporting on Flynn other than how horrible it is that he didn't receive justice. So how how do you get the message out when the mainstream media is not going to cover the truth and they're not going to seek the truth? They don't want to know why all this happened. They've just got the Trump derangement syndrome. So how do the independent American voters get this message? Well, I mean, unfortunately, the mainstream media has been complicit in the Russia and building the Russia collusion uh, hoax. And a lot of their sources came from Adam Schiff, that came from the intelligence community, from Comey, Clapper, Brennan, um, etc., who was pushing this narrative to delegitimize President Trump coming into office. I think the truth will be exposed um, as we see as Rick Rennell is doing a wonderful job at the head of the DNC, uh, you know, intelligence community declassifying all of these right. documents. Um, he's given uh, Senator Grassley and a lot of those on the on Capitol Hill uh, a lot to work with, as well as uh, AG Barr. And we got to remember that AG Barr is um, he has authorized an investigation to get to the bottom of this Russia collusion hoax, and uh, Durham is certainly investigating that. And uh, hopefully within the next couple months, uh, the truth will be revealed and the mainstream media will have to report on it. Um, but unfortunately, until until we get to the bottom of that and those cases come to their conclusion, the mainstream media is going to try to gloss over this and not highlight it because in doing so, they'd be admitting that what they won their Pulitzer Prize over was nothing but uh, misinformation and leaks given to them by untrustworthy sources. And, and and the fact when they do that, it's just like they're like you said earlier, they're complicit. You know, not only did they don't deserve the Pulitzer, but they were complicit 
in misinforming the American people and American voters. And and one of the Absolutely. things now now one of the things I wanted to ask you about because we we've talked about this on our show before and and the listeners know but to me in a way Donald Trump is still president thank goodness but they have really succeeded in in crippling his presidency and and just like when we when when our House Intelligence Committee and Adam Schiff should have been seeing what was going on in China they were busy mm-hmm. pre, you know impeaching the president of the united states because of false media and this russian hoax so i mean the the whole fact is that uh they got away with it it worked other than getting rid of the president they've crippled him and they and they caused the republican for over 40 republican congressmen and women did not run for re-election because I think they, some of them bought into the Russian hoax, so they didn't run again. And, and the Democrats swept the House, put Adam Schiff in charge of the Intelligence Committee, and Nancy Pelosi's the Speaker of the House. It never would have happened if it wasn't for this hoax. So in that part, it worked. Well, I'm not so sure I agree with you there. Um, I believe that this president, despite all of the investigations, and uh, the bombshell reports that come from the press every single day has accomplished so much in his three years. I mean, he's passed new trade agreements with uh, the USMCA, with Canada, with Mexico, signed a new trade agreement with South Korea, um, has, has signed a phase one trade deal with China. He has, you know, he the first, apart from the coronavirus, he built the world's greatest economy um, through tax cuts, through deregulation. Um, through all of the policies that he's pushed forward. Today is actually the two-year anniversary of when the U.S. administration moved, the, uh, moved our embassy uh, to, Jeruz- to Jerusalem in Israel. Um, that was the campaign promise that he promised to deliver on, and two years ago he delivered on that campaign promise. There is so much this president has done. Every day he wakes up and he fights for Americans and to put Americans first. And, and to be their champion. And I believe that his supporters recognize that. They know that about him. That's why they've stuck with him through thick and thin. We understand that the Democrats are deranged. They're delusional. What have they done for this country? What have they done to help President Trump advance, you know, the men and women in the Rust Belt, the forgotten men and women that he championed during his campaign? Nothing. They've launched investigations after investigations. Now they're using this coronavirus pandemic to further their um, democratic ideals and goals. Nancy Pelosi introducing this $3 trillion uh, deal yesterday that basically puts in it's a wish list for everything that the Democrats want, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I believe that the American public, they're smart, they can see through this, and that we will be reelected again in 2020. Well, I'm I'm glad you disagreed with my my <laughs> statement, and I stand corrected. You are right. I mean, we Trump has done so much for this country, and it's just like he's had to do it with his hands tied behind his back across the Democrats. But it it is scary now that the, they are using the coronavirus in many ways. That you know, some people are saying, "Well, we can't even get back to work till there's a vaccine." Two years from now, I mean, how crazy is that? Um, but but Kelly, I I know you. When what, when were you at the White House, Kelly? 
So I was in the White House. I started in uh, 2017, was there from 2017 to for a year, for about a little over a year um, in 2018. So I was there for, I was there two years ago when when um, Ivanka was over at uh, the, the embassy in Jerusalem. Um, and, and, and when that ribbon was cut, I was there for months getting out of the Paris uh, Climate Accord was there as we were looking at ways to get out of the JCPOA, the Iranian deal was there uh, as we passed, you know, tax cuts, um, as was there when, you know, the executive orders went through for every new regulation, we need to eliminate two regulations. And now the, now the administration has achieved numbers beyond that. Um, so I was also there for the firing of Comey. And I'm glad that he was fired. That was one of the best decisions the president ever made. He got a lot of flack at the time, and the special counsel uh, came came up two days later. And so I was there for you know the Bob Mueller investigation. But we never continued. We never let that uh, interfere with the work that we were doing for the American people. And I'm so proud of that, and so proud of the president. Okay, for just yeah. kind of pulling through. That's why I wanted to ask that question because I know you were there, and so much what was going on and that's why i wanted to know how how much the Mueller uh, investigation and all this thing that drug on and on and how, how much energy it drained out of the white house it didn't it didn't drain any energy out of the white house we all knew it was garbage we all mm. knew that the president and the campaign was not colluding with the russians to win the 2016 election i mean it was all bunk it was it was garbage and 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 so that there was lawyers at the time that were working on it full time providing you know Bob Mueller everything he needed with his investigation but everyone within that building knew the president was innocent and would be exonerated um at the end uh which he was so it never it never deterred us from kind of going through the checklist of promises made promises kept what the president promised on the campaign trail now he's keeping these campaign promises now was it frustrating every day to see some sort of bogus headline in the mainstream media or to watch cnn or msnbc talk about all these hypotheticals of collusion collusion with russia absolutely but it didn't deter us for the good work that we were doing for the american public well thank goodness you were there and, and part of the the trump team just stayed focused and that's why you got so many things accomplished and i know uh, getting toward the end of the interview here but i do kelly i want you to tell us a little bit you, right now you're working with the uh uh the pack uh the america first action pack right and so yes so absolutely. you can't really communicate with the campaign team but how do, what what is your plans in the next few months because the election is going to be coming up quick this coronavirus has just set everything back we've never had a presidential campaign or election with the coronavirus and so yeah. what are you seeing or what's the plans for what uh you will be doing and your team will be doing well i know you want to hear that answer from kelly but let me just remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We're talking to Kelly Sadler, the Communications Director at America First Action, and she's the former Special Assistant to President Donald J. Trump. And we've been talking about several things uh, with General Flynn and what was going on when she was in administration, working there in the White House, and we're asking her what she's doing now about the America First Action Pact that uh, will be involved in hopefully getting President Trump reelected. Before she answers that question, 
I'm just reminding everybody that you are listening to us on webtalkradio.net. I'm Dr. Ed Holliday, your host on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And if you want to check out our website, we do have some cloth face masks, non-medical face masks. If you need one or a couple, you can order those off our website. Uh, the website also has the book, Bedrock Truths, and some more books that you can order right here on uh, it's www.dockholiday.org. Or just go to the front page of our web talk radio show. You'll see a, a picture of, of the book and uh, Bedrock Truths. Clip click on that and it will take you right to our website and we'd love to get that order out for you and now just a little music as we lead up to what kelly's answer is about how's donald trump gonna be reelected. Well, you know, what we're doing right now is we're focusing on uh, the middle, the Midwest. We're up with advertisement buys in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, um, uh, trying, to, uh, trying to educate the public there about Beijing Biden. We all know that this coronavirus was originated in Wuhan in China and mm-hmm. that the Chinese covered up uh, this virus. They covered up the fact of the human-to-human transmission of it. They... Uh, didn't allow, and they still haven't allowed, uh, U.S. inspectors to go into their laboratory there and investigate the origins of this or to even get any samples uh, to begin testing for a potential vaccine. This started in China. China lied and people died. And Joe Biden has a very cozy relationship with China. He's been in office. He served the, the American public for 47 years. And during that time, he said a rising China uh, will make for a more prosperous world. Uh, during that time, he signed on for a permanent trade deal uh, relationship with China. And three years after he signed that deal, we lost our last penicillin plant, our last vitamin C plant, all went over to China. We got to bring back uh, U.S. manufacturing. We got to, you know, we can't be dependent on China for supply chains, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals. This president has always believed that, um, and we will accomplish that within another four years. But uh, four years with Joe Biden, um, you're going to see more jobs shift, shifted overseas and, and trying to work with China, which has proven to be a bad actor on a, the world stage. Well, you just told my listeners and myself some things I, I didn't know. I knew we, I didn't know he'd signed on to that bill, and that's when we lost the penicillin plants, uh, the last ones we had. So I'm glad for that news. Uh, one last thing is, do you think, is Joe Biden going to be the candidate of the Democratic Party? Is there any inside bets on that? I'm asked this, I'm asked this question every interview I go on, and that just shows you how weak Joe Biden is as, as the candidate for the Democratic Party. I think the Democrats are depressed that Joe Biden is their nominee, but he is their nominee. And to remove him from the top of the ticket would absolutely divide the Democratic. I think it divide and destroy the Democratic Party. So... Uh, they're stuck with him. Uh, fortunately for them, he's been hiding in his basement for the last several months, barely coming out. But once he has to come out and campaign, we're excited to campaign against him. And I'm excited to see the debate between him and uh, and Donald Trump. Maybe the media won't ask Joe Biden the hard questions, but you better believe the president will. Well, I, I sure hope they get to the debate. I, 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 I can't wait to see both of them on stage. 
All right. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for being on Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics, and good luck in all your endeavors. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, that was Kelly Sadler, and wow, she had some good information for us. And like I said, we're going to pack it in this show. We need to go right to the coronavirus update with microbiologist Dr. Dean Hart. So let's get him on the line, and we'll finish up this show strong. Tell your friends and neighbors, go to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and start listening to what they need to know about this election coming up and how to survive this coronavirus. And let's get Dr. Dean Hart on the line right now. All right, right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, we have uh, Dr. Dean Hart. Uh, what are you seeing that gives you hope? Do you have any hope of uh, this pandemic that's going on? Oh, yes. Science has marched forward. And while there's still so many great questions without even a slightly good answer, we have some good answers for some of those questions, finally. And that gives us all hope. Once we understand what's killing everybody and infecting everybody, the more knowledge, the more hope there is. You're talking about the more knowledge, more hope. We know this virus wasn't even on the radar in the United States at the end or anywhere till uh, the end of 2019. And so everything we're getting is just uh, really new information with it about six months old or, or not even that old. Exactly. It, the fact is that it was in 2019, we can trace back the Chinese knew something was going on, and it started to appear on their radar, radar uh, in certain places at the end of, in December of 2019. But that we were masked to. That's not a very... A free society that it gives information readily. The World Health Organization, on the other hand, finally in January, in the beginning of January, said they said there's something going on, but it does the human to human contact and healthcare workers, you didn't have to worry about that. That was in January 5th. And that gets my goat because the fact is that it was, to me, the World Health Organization colluding, conspiring with the body politics of the Communist Party of China. So we didn't get a good jump on this thing. Well, Dr. Hart, I'm glad you brought that out. As a scientist, I know that has to really get under your fingernails uh, type thing to realize even on i know ladies january 15th they were telling the world don't worry it's not human to human transmission and and that really just uh is, is hard to believe the world health organization would be uh saying those things if they knew anything different or either they were taking everything verbatim from china well, they were obviously not investigating things independently. They were a political group expressing what China wanted them to express in the letter I wrote in uh, I read in January 5th. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the one in the 15th, but by the 15th, the cat was beginning to get out of the bag because in the, within a week they were locking down Wuhan. You can't do a lockdown of a huge city that's a transportation hub without, without knowing 
what's going on. People have relatives in New York uh, right. live in Wuhan. They're all they're all talking about it. They're starting to escape Wuhan by the fifteenth. They're leaving. Uh, I don't get drugged down in a lot of politics of that. Like you said, that I hope they do an investigation. But let's see where we are today and what we need to do. We got uh, states trying to open back up. Slow opening. Some states say it's too early to open up. And we got, do we wear a face mask? We don't wear a face mask. Uh, some questions like that I want to get into. So what what do you see as far as, uh, well, just, just take the face mask. Should we as a society wear a face mask to help everybody out? Well, I think as long as the physicians and the nurses and the janitors and everybody that's working in the first line of response at the hospitals and the police and the firefighters. As long as you've got a face mask for all the essential people, then if you have enough face masks, then absolutely you've got to start supplying the citizens all with face masks because the big deal in this infection is maybe up to a third of between a quarter and a half of the patients that do get infected don't even know they're infected. Oh, they may go to sleep early one night feeling a little tired, but the last thing you're going to think is, I've got a deadly disease. So people, there's a huge amount of people asymptomatic. And until we have tests for every person all the time, every every day, every week, and, and we have thermometers checking anybody's forehead, which seems like a darn good idea too, a face mask, even though it isn't needed by a lot of people, it certainly is needed by a lot of people, and we can't identify and separate out so easily who should and should not wear a face mask. So just for the psyche of our fellow citizens, we shouldn't be walking around seeing people without face masks, and to spread the, the disease People, when they speak, there's fomite contamination. The, the germs are aerosolized when you speak. A face mask on the sick people is absolutely mandatory. On the healthy people, you could debate if it has much value on a healthy person, but on a sick person, you absolutely have to have them with a face mask. So to me, for the next year, I wouldn't mind seeing everybody wear a face mask in public well you explain that well basically uh, you're saying there's uh, if, if you're sick and some people don't know they're carrying a virus if they didn't get real sick and they're still uh, putting that virus out so for that fact if everybody wears a face mask overall well it'll reduce the infection rate is Yes, it'll reduce the ones that don't even know they can be hurting people. And psychologically, it'll be a benefit to everybody wearing a face mask. You won't be uptight, as uptight when you've got a fellow citizen next to you. A face mask can only be beneficial when you're out in public with others. What I want to get to, now what makes the coronavirus different from other respiratory illnesses like the flu i mean why uh, why why is it so contagious you have something that you compare you, you, that's how we really look by 
virologically, we will compare one virus to another and the rate of contagiousness. The measles are one of the most contagious virus we know of. The flu, we think of being very contagious, but relative to the measles, it, it, it doesn't hold a candle. Now, this germ, this this new novel coronavirus 2019, this one it seems to be very close to the measles. One of the things it seems to be able to do is live longer on surfaces, but what scares the heck out of most epidemiologists, it seems to live for a significant amount of time in the air. It can be aerosolized. So if you go into an elevator and somebody coughed, I mean, many people go into an elevator of a decent-sized building many, many times an hour. That thing could be floating around for hours. Wow. Now, what deactivates this? Well, alcohol? I mean, if you if you uh, have a mask and then you reuse it, uh, well, you take that off for one patient, get another mask. Can you... Uh, clean those masks you just need to throw them away what what's uh what's your thought on that well my thought on it is i i have to go to back to my endodontist to finish my root canal okay. as soon as <laughs> i'm comfortable with the environment so, okay so <laughs> i'm very we, attentive to this issue we, we uh, both we both got really close to yeah. people You've had a very big issue. I think HIV, when people are getting AIDS, they really ramped you guys up to right. be very clean and sterile. And right. you, you, over my lifetime, I noticed dentistry got more and more uh, paranoid about the germs, and rightfully so. And it's a good thing. Uh, so now, as it involves even more... Of all the professions I've seen that I normally interact with as a healthy, normal person outside the hospital, you guys are exposed to the most stuff, and therefore, if you're exposed to it, your patients and the next patient is exposed to it. As far as reusing a... um, a ventilator, a mask, reusing a mask, that's in the FDA's protocol now because they simply didn't have enough. In the old days, it was unheard of to use a mask. I'm talking old days three or four months ago. It was yeah. unheard of yeah. to use a mask. Common sense to me when I've used masks in the past three or four months before, I would throw it away because... It was the thing you're supposed to do, but would I keep it on and reuse it uh, ever? Um, No, but uh, I could see how you could reuse it. The material, the whole thing, if you do it right, you should should be able to reuse it for a little while, but not too long. But it's a heck of a thing for the richest nation in the world to have to be worrying about disinfecting this 30-cent item. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not thirty cents anymore. Well, in China, China, they they they're really charging ten dollars now. Yeah, eight ten dollars a mask. <laughs> it didn't used to be that. No, and it shouldn't be now. Uh, but uh, as far as on surfaces, um, will alcohol kill it? Uh, just disinfectant, Lysol. What what's the best thing to kill this on surfaces? 
Well, it's very easy to kill this virus. That's good. Soap melts the lipid membrane. or There's like a, a capsule, and that capsule is made of the host, your or my, if we get the disease, our lipids, the cells. They, get, they contribute the lipid membrane. Then you got the glycoproteins. These things are very delicate. Soap will melt it, alcohol denature it, Clorox will oxidize it. Everything's going to kill it. Here's the problem. The problem is we're talking about something easy to kill, but it's the size of the wavelength of light. It's even smaller than the size of the wavelength of light. So what it makes up in delicateness, it compensates in quantity. You've got millions and millions and millions of these viral particles all over the place. It's easy to disinfect and kill them all, but some could hide out in a crack or a crevice, and you wouldn't even realize it. So if you want to disinfect, any of those things will be very effective on the ones they come in contact with. It's the ones you don't come in contact with that are going to get you sick. What great insights from Dr. Dean Hart. And, uh, wow, we packed it in, this, didn't we? Kelly Sadler, what a great show in the beginning. Then we ended up with microbiologist Dr. Dean Hart. Thank you so much for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Next week. We have a conservative African-American running for the United States Congress, Kathy Barnett, in the Philadelphia area, up in Pennsylvania. She's going to be our guest next week, so listen to Doc Holliday's rock-splitting politics. You never know what you're going to learn on this show. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.